Hello everyone, and this is Car Thoughts with David, and I'm your host, David, of course. Uh, who else would I be? And this is episode four. Um, you know, at first I said I was going to do this like once a week, and uh, then, you know, try and work up going to once a day, but uh, I just kind of jumped in and started doing it once a day anyway. And uh, so, here we are, episode four, day four. Um, so... I guess I'm gaining more confidence at this. I don't know. But today, uh, my thought for the day is about um, automation in the workplace and uh, and how that's going to change the world and how we need to change with it and start preparing for it or we're going to end up, um, you know, finding ourselves unemployed with no usable skills in the new marketplace. Um, you know, and this applies to almost every line of work. I mean, I even feel that my job as an IT professional could be automated. There's very few things that actually can't be automated, like installing a computer at someone's desk. Um, However, that could be automated if they just simply put everybody on laptops and put docks at the desk. And then if a dock goes out, unplug it, plug in a new one, and keep on trucking. But, I mean, basically, the computer could be imaged with the user's software list in it already when they get it. And all that needs to be done is a backup and restore, which could be done automatically. And so the user gets computer. They log in. It triggers, you know, the restore process. They've already run the backup on their old machine. Or it runs periodically. Their software is already on it. All they need to do is configure a few things. And they get a return label and ship that computer back. And that there's no technician in the middle of that process except for someone at an 800 line if they have trouble with the backup, the restore, or, you know, uh, you know tr- trouble logging into the new laptop. Something, something simple that could be fixed over the phone. Um, you know, uh, in, in manufacturing, um, you know, I told my dad, he, uh, he's in manufacturing. I said, you know, you could easily do everything that a normal car manufacturer does automatically. You don't need people for any of it. I think honestly, the only reason people still exist is because they're cheaper than machines in these jobs because most cars are carbon copy cookie cutter, you know, you might have a different stereo in it. You might have a different, you know, something. But for the most part, the cars, you know, like a Volkswagen Passat, what I drive, you know, there's a million more just like the exact same car that I have. The only difference in mine is that it's got a really killer anti-theft system called a manual transmission, which there aren't that many of those out there anymore. Um, but beyond that... You know, my car is totally, totally, you know, the same as everyone else's Volkswagen Passat. So, you know, I think it's just really the cost at this point. It's cheaper to have workers than it is to have machines. Um, And, of course, he works in, you know, a custom, a more custom environment. So his job would be a little bit harder to automate. But I told him, I said, you know, you're lucky that you're close to retirement age because 
you know, just because it's custom doesn't mean it can't be automated. It's just a matter of the machines knowing what they need to pull. Um, and the same thing with, um, with retail, I mean, self-checkout. I mean, that was kind of really the beginning. And, you know, I remember when self-checkout first came out, everyone was like, I'm not going to do that. And people were terrified of it. You know, they were like, ah, I'd rather, I'd rather check out with a person because what if this machine gets it wrong? And I'm like, you see everything on the screen that's ringing up. If it's wrong, there's a little call button for a person. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people, and I'm, I'm in the South, so, you know, we're a little, well, I say we, um, I wasn't born here, but <laughs> people in the South are generally a little resistant to technology for the most part. Um, what I've found, uh, it, it's changing trend. I mean, that's not the way it is now, but I mean, my, uh, my experiences as a younger man, you know, people were terrified of stuff like that. I mean, my mom, when I was a little kid, uh, had an herb garden and didn't believe in, like, if she had a headache, she didn't believe in running to the medicine cabinet and getting an ibuprofen or a Tylenol. She would brew up some chamomile tea, and the ladies in the church that we went to uh, thought that she was a witch because she used herbs and medicines instead of actually going to the doctor and getting prescribed, um, you know, uh, some kind of opiate <laughs> to help with her uh, headaches, um, you know, so, uh, we, you know, it, it, it's a very unusual culture and a lot of it's changed mostly because in Charlotte, it's very hard to find somebody who actually is from here. Uh, now, I mean, if you actually talk to somebody who's like, yeah, I was born and raised in, you know, Waxhaw or Concord or, you know, Cherryville or something like that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the locals call it Cherville. Uh, but it's also where Cheerwine came from. Fun fact. So uh, if you ever wondered where that drink came from, it's from around here. Um, but, you know, in retail, you know, self-checkout. In the food industry, you know, McDonald's, Panera, you know, um, are, are big ones for that. I mean, there's actually... Uh, you know, several restaurants they're starting to do self-checkout as an option, and it's great. I mean, I walked into a McDonald's, and there's these huge, um, you know, like 32-inch size TV screens with that were touchscreens, and you know, I saw this line of people in front of the cashier, and I was like, I want to wait for all that. So I walked over to the touchscreen, put in my order, swiped my credit card. Print out my receipt, gave me a number, and I went and sat down. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, I hear my number be called. You know, and I got my food before a lot of other people did, and that was great. I mean, but that's the thing literally, <laughs> that's automation. So, all they need is the people to make the food and the people to hand the food to the people ordering the food. But in all reality, I've heard of actual McDonald's vending machines in Japan. Um, so you really don't even 100% need the people to make the food. You just need the people to stock the machines that will make the food and then somebody to hand the food to the person, which at the same time, if it's a vending machine, you don't need uh, somebody to hand you the food either. So, I mean, Grant, all this stuff probably won't happen, you know, where it's to the point where it's critical uh, in my opinion, until 
within the next maybe 20, 30 years. But at the same time, you know, I, I see this happening. I see this trend happening. And I'm trying to get ahead of it. You know, I'm trying to say, okay, well, what can I do? Because I won't be retirement age for a while. What can I do to start preparing to get into a career that cannot be replaced by a machine? You know, and I think, honestly, anyone under the age of 40 should probably be thinking about that. Is your job something? If And, and, and use your imagination. Because a lot of people, they're like, oh, that never replaced me. I'm a human, and people want a human connection. Really? That's not true at all. Look at how big Amazon is. They did, what, $3.4 billion in sales or something ridiculous like that? I probably got the number off, and I apologize if I do. But for their prime day, that happened between, like, the 16th and the 17th. They did nearly three or over $3 billion in sales in basically a 24-hour period. Um, so you can say human connection all you want, but at the end of the day, that's just not true anymore. That's not the world we live in. Um, so, you know, so use your imagination a little bit. Think about your job and what you do and could it be automated? And if, if your answer to that is yes, that, you know, there is a possibility that something could happen that could replace me, then maybe, just maybe, you know, it might be something interesting to consider of like, well, what, what else, what other skills do I have? I want to do this or I want to do that. Um, and start pursuing thoughts around that. I'm not saying leave your job immediately, but what I'm saying is, is start thinking about, okay, well, if my job were to get replaced, what else could I do? And start moving towards learning about that, that goal. Um, I mean, and I always think about my next job anyway, because, you know, I could get laid off. <clears throat> I could get replaced by another person, and that's happened before. I mean, at one time, I actually worked in a steel mill uh, as a, in a temp job because, you know, I was out of work. It was post-9-11, and uh, times were hard. I had, I had lost my job, and I was just taking whatever work I could get, and I got hired on full-time at the steel mill, and I, it was really an interesting job. And... Uh, you know, eventually they started bringing in a bunch of young guys and had us training them. And we thought, oh, well, you know, they're just ramping up production. No. <laughs> as soon as they got, we trained these young guys that were coming in working for, you know, several dollars less on the hour than we were making. Um, yeah, we were gone. <laughs> so, and there's only a few people there that still work there that I know of. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing I always try and do is look to the future. Like, okay, well, I've got a great job now. Everything's going great now. But in the event of, you know, like the, uh, the briefings that nobody listens to on the airplanes, you know, make sure you secure your own life vest before and your, your oxygen mask before you help others. You know, I always think of that, like, okay, what do I need to do? How do I need to keep my skills sharp? What's next? And, um, you know, I know that might sound like kind of a pessimistic way to look at it, like I'm going to lose my job. I don't think that at all. Um, it's just more of a be prepared if, you know, because I, I don't like uh, not having a plan. I'm OCD, so 
Um, having a plan is always important to me because if I don't, I feel like I'm going to, you know, start climbing the walls because I have to know what's coming. So it's still something I'm working on. So I'm trying to get better. So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, think about that, you know, I mean, is your job something that can be replaced? I mean, quite frankly, as long as, like, like I said, for IT, as long as a user is smart enough to unscrew or unplug the cables off the back of a docking station and then look at the cables and plug them back in in those same spots, basically matching shapes and colors, uh, very similar to what they did in, in, in kindergarten and first grade, you know, blocks, um, you know, uh, they should, they could easily replace their own docking station if it fried and then the rest of it, you know, could all be handled by a computer system that as soon as they log in, it triggers, okay, this is their new PC. Let's do a dump of their last backup on there and they're all set. So, you know, I'm thinking about, okay, I need a job that, that is different, that can't be replaced. That's a little bit more hands-on, um, you know, a higher level IT job, you know, fixing servers, which I can do all of that stuff. I just currently don't because, you know, I'm happy with what I'm doing right now, but, you know, you know, I'm starting to think about, you know, should I go and should I pursue that more? Should I try and find something in that area? Should I, you know, do this or that? So, and it kind of got me thinking about it because process automation is something that's been around forever. I mean, Henry Ford, you know, came up with the assembly line, you know, process automation, build more cars faster, quicker, more efficiently, bring down the price, make them affordable to the everyday man, you know, and he wasn't the first one to invent it. There are several people who, who have done things like this to make systems more efficient. I mean, so, so yeah, and, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's just something to think about, you know, something to think. And just, you know, and that's what this kind of this podcast is, is about. I want to, you know, get you, get you thinking about something or or kind of make you think about something a different way. And that's what I'm trying to achieve is just these are just my thoughts, um, my opinions. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's what each show's about is just sharing my thoughts and just, you know, seeing what you guys think and (laughs) going from there so um until next time i hope you guys have a great rest of your day and thanks for listening to those who who are and if you like what you're hearing so far subscribe because i'm going to try and keep doing this every single day um you know i've started doing it every day i'm going to keep it up i mean i don't just have Uh, one thought, (laughs) so I try and come up with something different, and uh, I'm going to try and keep it interesting, so uh, thank you very much, and like I said, subscribe, and and, uh, let's, let's share some more thoughts. Goodbye. Hey everybody, David here from Car Thoughts with David, and I just wanted to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, If you have decided that you want to start your own podcast, you might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this?
you know, what works, what doesn't work, right? Well, I wrote a book because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them. And that's all well and good, but sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. If you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can you know, keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. So... By all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you guys, and I could not do any of this without your support, so when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.